Today I'm interviewing Maurice. He's a Dutch national, so an EU resident, who moved within the EU. He moved to Austria for his girlfriend, but stayed employed with his company with the headquarters in Rotterdam. I hope you enjoy listening. Immigration Stories Austria Hello, Maurice. Welcome to the podcast and thank you for being here. Hello. Nice to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Um, yeah, quickly introduce yourself, please, and um, let us know why you're here. So I'm Maurice. I'm uh, from the Netherlands um, and I moved here in 2021 and there stuff happened and that's why I'm here, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit different. I mean, you're uh, an EU resident, but something that um, came up in your story was how difficult it is actually for EU residents to move within the borders as well so that's what we're here to talk about today yep so let's start with the beginning why did you want to move to Austria what brought you here so my um, girlfriend is Austrian uh, we met in the Netherlands she studied in the Netherlands and uh, when the COVID pandemic struck she actually wanted to be closer to her family uh, and that was hard when with all the COVID restrictions so then we decided to move over and uh, yeah that was I figured Austria is nice Vienna is nice give it a go mm -hmm. and you like it here huh? yeah I like it I like it. it's a nice very nice city uh, here in Vienna so um, also also what I really like is that you actually have seasons here so in the summer it's actually warm and in the <laughs> Netherlands it's just maybe two days you have nice weather and then that's it but you did trade the ocean for um a landlocked country that's true that's true <laughs> but yeah <laughs> and bike rides might be a bit hillier as well yeah that's also true but it's also nice to have some hills around just an hour train riding you're in the hills instead of in more flat country so. mm, yeah true all right well so you moved from the netherlands to austria right um, yep. Easy enough. It's the EU. Yeah. Everything should work as normal. But um, what was it actually like? Describe a little bit. Did you need any documents? Did you need to register something? Walk so, us through. So the the moving itself was very very straightforward because Schengen. So you can just move and you can just say I live and work here now. But then when you actually have to get registered, all that kind of stuff that comes with it that takes a lot of uh, a lot of work because I actually stayed with my uh, the company that I worked for and the headquarters in, in Rotterdam yeah. mm -hmm. and um, yeah let me quickly think how to describe that because in the beginning I told them I'm gonna move to Austria and they were like all right sure that's fine and at that point they didn't actually tell me that they didn't had no experience with doing any of this mm -hmm. um, because they had people working in other countries so i expected they know how to handle this okay but they didn't and they didn't actually take a lot of action at that point so oh, okay when it was about three months three and a half months before I, we were about to leave i was like okay have you already had done something do i need to give you more information do you have to do i have to do anything to make sure that this goes mm -hmm. smoothly and they were like oh yeah we actually have not really looked into it and then only then the ball started rolling oh no yeah so then 
first we talked about it and they were like, all right, we can uh, post you to Austria. We have clients there so we can say, okay, you're going to work for them. And then we can just handle it like that. We looked at all the tax information everywhere and Austrian tax law, the Dutch tax law, the agreements between the two said, oh yeah, that's fine. You can do that. Uh-huh. And so the agreements, you mean the double tax agreement? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So that you go somewhere and then they say, okay, you work here, but actually this work is for the other country or mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So you wouldn't get taxed twice, but um, it would yeah. go towards one, uh, exactly. one co- entity. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So that was the idea. And that's how we went along with it. And we filled out all the forms, we handed them in. And then in the beginning, the Dutch tax authority said, no, we cannot give you an answer on this. You have to go to the Austrian side. Okay. That was very weird because we saw online, you have to apply for this here and fill, give this information, but all right. Um, and I think that answer we got when I was already basically, when we were already moving. So mm-hmm. that was already two, two and a half months was a lot, was already passed at that point. Okay. So then we sent the same information to Austria and then in Austria they said, Oh no, the Dutch have to decide on this. <laughs> oh no, it's like a he should see. Exactly. Oh, and no. then we came back to the Netherlands and they were like, well, we cannot give you this form that you need to actually do this posting. And then the Austrians like, well, if they can give it, we can give it. So then you cannot do this. Even though all the laws and everything that we read said that we could do it. But okay. if the authorities doesn't want, don't want to give you anything, then you are still stuck, right? Okay, but that's kind of weird. Yeah, exactly. So then what happened then? Let me quickly trace my steps. <laughs> um, so that final answer from the Austrian side, we got in, I think in, in like September, like when we were already living in Austria for a while. And then my company was like, okay, if we can't do this, we have to find a different solution. But mm-hmm. the internal company process, there were a lot of things going on in the company at that point. So they only got started b- with fixing a payroll company. So an entity to pay the taxes in Austria. And they only got started with that in November, mm-hmm. end of the year, like towards December. So they were planning on registering you um, with their payrolls in yes, Austria as exactly. an entity, as a legal entity yeah. to pay tax here. E- exactly. Yes. Okay. Sorry. Mm-hmm. So... First, we wanted the posting that didn't work. So they were like, okay, we need some way to provide to pay you in Austria. Uh, and since they don't have an entity in Austria, they were like, okay, we get this payroll company to do all of that basically. Mm-hmm. But because of all this internal company struggle, it only was mid December till that was done. And then the payroll company still had to pick it up and that also took another month or so. Mm-hmm. So then beginning of 2022, I finally had an Austrian contract mid January. Mm-hmm. But then came the whole shebang with my Dutch health, health, yeah. health insurance, because oh. that's linked because in Austria you pay your health taxes off your income, right? Immediately mm-hmm. before you get your income, it tax deducted for social security and all that kind of, uh, mm-hmm all that kind of stuff. Uh, but in the Netherlands, it's different. So in the Netherlands, you get your money and then you pay to your the own healthcare provider that you pick. 
Ah, okay. So you get to choose your own healthcare yeah, provider. And, exactly. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the thing was that because of the moving and stuff, that <clears throat> caused me to be not eligible for Dutch healthcare because I was I moved to Austria. So they were like, well, we cannot. You you don't have the right to be insured here in the mm -hmm. Netherlands. So you had to, through the payroll provider, be insured in Austria then as well exactly. with your paycheck. Mm -hmm. that's, so that's what happened from 2022 on. But before, so the, the time between we moved and I got my payroll agreement, yeah, agreement, I had no right for the Netherlands, but I also could not pay my social security in Austria because I didn't have an Austrian employer. Mm -hmm. And that's... So you had to pay back tax or you had to rectify it or how did you solve this? Um, that is uh, that is still ongoing. Oh, okay. <laughs> that is one of the things that I don't know how this is gonna gonna completely end. But the first thing I had to do, I had to pay money back to my Dutch healthcare insurance. And I do have an e-card now in Austria. So that... Mm -hmm. But the e-card is an EU thing. So you should have had one in the Netherlands as well, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. But... But not the Austrian one. Yes. And okay. mm -hmm. that one was then capped at when we moved, basically, because it's like afterwards, you don't have the right to be insured in the Netherlands. So doesn't it's not valid anymore mm -hmm. from whenever you left. So there's still this period from last year that is uncovered, yeah. technically, mm -hmm. uh, which is not that big of a, an issue because there's not a lot of money that was there. And my company was very lenient. It was like, all right, we'll pay the difference that we still had to pay and then that's okay. all right mm -hmm. um but yeah, then, oh, then there's also this whole tax bit in in that area that mm -hmm. is still gray uh, that i'm not entirely yeah, sure yeah because about. that would be taxes paid to austria then that, in that, that should have should have been, been paid, paid to, to austria, austria. Mm -hmm. um but yeah so then got the payroll company and and the yes. payroll company acts sort of like a subsidiary in Austria. Exactly. So you yes. can, yeah. okay, your company can operate in Austria. Yeah. So basically the payroll company is just a, 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 a company that has entities in a lot of countries because I think this payroll company has like a hundred countries or something that they mm -hmm. cover. And then your company uh, hires you through that payroll company. So you get a contract with the payroll company and the payroll company gets paid by your mm -hmm. employer and then you get your money through mm -hmm. that. Sounds like you're a very valuable employee if they don't want to let you go. That's good though. Yeah, I'm in a good sector, so that's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay, wow, that sounds like a lot of trouble, but you're, you're here now. I'm here now. With all the taxes paid. <laughs> and um stuff still being sorted out i hope mm -hmm. for the better yeah but with the payroll company and the subsidiary now you are legally allowed yes. to work here you're yes. insured here yes i'm okay. paying all my taxes and i'm doing everything i have the like i said the healthcare is uh is also arranged it was also very interesting because i had to go to my to, had to find a doctor here and then the doctor i had to get some information i think he has to had to sign something and with that i then had to go to the police to ask for an e-card because the police had this desk like this desk where you can hand in your passport and okay. mail the settle and all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. and then they have an e-card sent to you okay that's interesting and then they also need needed proof from my insurance in the netherlands Mm -hmm. 
to oh, I can actually show you that it doesn't help for the podcast of course <laughs> but what I have now is an e-card without European um, credentials okay so I cannot use this in Europe until I've been in Austria with my e-card for at least a year okay that's interesting but yeah. shouldn't it be valid throughout Europe in general yeah but since I this whole thing with the health insurance that we just discussed mm -hmm. I don't have valid health insurance for the last whole year and therefore they cannot verify that I've been insured for the full last three years or something mm -hmm. and therefore they don't give me a health an e-card that is valid throughout Europe until I've been here for a while so how long do you have to be here until they change it I think a year I think okay. after a year you get a new one or something so I'm not 100% mm -hmm. sure um, so Maurice showed me um, his e-card where um, on the back where the name and uh, the numbers are written. There's just, it's not blank, but it's just filled with um, a lot of Asterix. asterisks. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess that means it's invalid for, <laughs> for, for, for in Europe. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. I've never seen anything like that. No. No, so my girlfriend had this as well, but since she just was properly insured, uh, she could ask them, hey, can I get a proper one? And then that was fine. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so when I did it, it was not fine because they couldn't verify it. Uh, you mean your girlfriend when she moved to the Netherlands? When she or... came back here. Oh, oh so really? Yeah, she had to get a new e-card because her e-card had expired or mm -hmm. maybe she didn't even have an e-card with the chip yet because... Oh, I don't know how mm -hmm. long they, they have had them for a few years now. Yeah, I think for a while now, yeah. But uh, so she got a new one, but that also had all these asterisks on there. <laughs> and then she contacted them like, hey, this is this. Here's the, 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 the proof from her Dutch health insurance. Mm -hmm. Like, okay. And then they just sent her a new e-card with all the information on there. Mm -hmm, but since sure. my Dutch health insurance was not covering that, not saying like you were insured because I apparently wasn't. Okay. They were not willing to send me that document to have that valid. So that's. Uh, so you had the pleasure of dealing with um, the tax law quite a lot and um, insurance law for yes. the past year. So that sounds fun. Okay. Fun is a fun is a generous term. <laughs> yeah, you're still smiling, so it's all yeah. good. Okay. Um, but what did you actually have to do when you come here? Did you have to like? fill out other forms or did you how did you declare yourself here apart from the tax and the insurance so first when we came here um, we got an apartment that's also why i had to unregister from the netherlands and um, then you have to get the mail de zettel mm -hmm. which also was a very nice experience because again my girlfriend lived here before she came back she, we got the agreement and made a copy of the Amel, the, the, the paper that you have to hand in to get the proof that you registered. Mm -hmm. And she scanned it, she emailed it to, to them because of COVID, there were new options to send the things by email and it was all special. <laughs> that sounds wild, yeah. yeah it, was, it was unheard of. So she sent it and within half an hour, she got an email like, yes, you're registered. Here's your, the proof that everything's done. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, that's good. Did the same thing, sent it to them didn't hear anything for three days oh no three days later i called them it's like hey this form says it's only valid for three days after signing what do i have to do and they were like oh yeah you can make an appointment uh through there and there so i make made an appointment on the website mm -hmm. 
10 days would be the first opportunity to get an appointment. So I called them again, like, hey, can we make this a bit faster? Because otherwise this document is not valid anymore. And they were like, no, we cannot make it faster. Um, but if you uh, send your phone number, email address, a copy of your passport and a copy of this document, uh, then and then call this other number that they had, then maybe we can make it faster. So I did that. I sent them the information, called the other number, and they were like, no, we can make, cannot make it faster, but you can come by without an appointment. <laughs> so why do I make the appointment is what I think. But okay, I went there and uh, th so at this point, they have my phone number, my email, my pass copy of my passport and the, uh, the information from the rental contract. Mm -hmm. And I take all that because I'm like, I just take it to be sure. I get there. This woman says, can you please make a copy of your passport again? Because I have a, of course, I heard something on your podcast already about the 10 cents that you have to take because I had to make a copy and I did not have 10 cents. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah. Always have a little spare change for the printers and uh, governmental agencies. Yeah. I was so I was begging people in line. Does anybody have some cash for me? Because I may need to make a copy. And then I made the copy. I went back in line to the same desk and I gave her the copy with the information. And then she was like, can you please write your, your phone number and your email address on this? So I wrote it on there and that was it. I didn't have to do anything else. I sent them all the information already. They had everything. She didn't even check if I was the actual person on the passport. Oh, wow. So I just had to go there, do the same thing. And so, I, But then I actually, two days or three days later, I got a confirmation and the document was sent and I had everything. So it, it, it cost me just a couple hours of my day okay. that I'm never going to get getting back. Yeah, and a little bit of nerves. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then that was, of course, the first thing that we had to, I had to do. And then there was the... Um, the actual registration at the MA35 uh, mm -hmm. for the Aufenthalt that, that I'm allowed to stay here for longer than just a holiday period. Mm -hmm. So you had to fill that out because you're staying longer than yeah. the usual amount of time for a holiday? Yeah, exactly. So I think the MA35 is if you're staying longer than three mo yeah. months or something, mm -hmm. then you have to apply for that before those that time is up. Mm -hmm. And and yeah. since you're registered in Vienna, you have to do this with the MA35. Right? Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Was that difficult? Well, they were very strict for the time. It has to happen before a certain time. And that was, of course, also during the period where a lot of stuff was happening within the company, where we got the answer that I couldn't be uh, posted in uh, Austria and that they were going through a payroll company, but they weren't actually, they didn't actually have the payroll company at that point yet. Um, mm. so I was pressuring them and then I gathered, I don't, I'm not hundred percent sure what documents I had need to have needed to have for that, but it was a copy of the contract that I had and a copy of my, a contract uh, of your living arrangements or your also, work yes, contract. Also for my work, mm -hmm. uh, and a passport and there were a few other documents that you had to fill out, but that was relatively painless. Mm -hmm. I went there and then there was, there were two desks, one for uh, European uh, or people that I think for normal European citizens then there was a separate area for internationals that were not Schengen and then there was one line for Great Britain 
<laughs> oh no, yeah. And that desk was completely empty. Oh, Somebody no. was sitting there just enjoying themselves. And in front of the other European light, it was it was at least like half an hour wait. <laughs> and and the, that was the same line where the payment thing was. There was only one payment terminal. Uh -huh. So everybody that had to pay, that happens with halfway through your meeting that you have with a certain person that signs, signs off on it. Mm -hmm. They all came to deadline to pay and they had like the, the right of way to be faster. But that meant that that line became longer and longer because every time somebody was helped and then somebody or three people came to pay. Mm. And then and the, the, line, other, the yeah, other guy the was just sitting longer. there at, after, behind the desk and just looking as like, okay, I'm having a good time. It was, <laughs> yeah. But then I went in there, I handed him the documents and had to pay, I don't know, it was like 40 euros or something. And that was it. There was no other hassle. I got the form and that's... Mm -hmm. Did you have to wait for an appointment or could you just go there? No, I had to make an appointment and, but they, there was not really a long time. It was like, I can just say, okay, I have to have it before then. So I need to, and then they were very lenient on that. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's not very, uh, yeah, that's, that's one that I really dreaded because it was like this, I have to have this, otherwise I'm going to get sent back to the Netherlands because you need to mm -hmm. have proof that you're allowed to stay. And that was one of the least painful things that was in this whole process but that's nice yeah. at least one positive thing okay did you have to um was there anything else like german certificates or did you no. need to renew your driver's license with an austrian driver's license no. or anything M maybe i do have to do that at some point but at this point my dutch driver's license is still valid so i'm not gonna okay. touch it until it's not <laughs> that's fair enough uh no and my my german levels there's no no i'm don't have to do any official immigration or um, so I think those mainly count for people that are from outside of the the European Union and that actually want to stay for longer because I've not heard anything about that mm -hmm. so, yeah no that's usually yeah. for people with a non-EU yeah. um, <laughs> residency right um, yeah exactly um, and as well if you want to join the austrian labor market sometimes it's yeah. kind of requiring when you have right for companies specifically that they would like some german levels yeah. usually because it is usually our it. yeah <laughs> yeah it's usually our working language yeah no that's um, yeah that's i probably didn't encounter that yet because i still have my dutch uh, mm -hmm. my dutch employer but that might be something it's good that you remind because as soon as i will switch at some point then it's good to keep that in mind. <laughs> I mean, it's not a requirement, but it's um, it's it's sometimes required by the companies themselves. Right. So um, for your visa, apparently not, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't even need a visa, even better. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's something usually non-EU residencies have to have to deal with as well. Yeah. All right. That sounds like you had quite a time here so far i mean i'm happy that you made it through with the taxes and insurances and usually all the fun things people don't want to mm. deal with so much mm. um but do you have any advice for people starting this process now or what do you i mean wish yeah. you would have known before well what i probably would do i would have probably started earlier yeah. so the moment i knew that i was going to move i probably would start asking like hey do we have anybody who knows this and otherwise immediately look for 
an international advisor or somebody who can take care, care of the whole process for you because we didn't have anybody who had experience with actually immigrating like that and still being on a payroll mm-hmm. um, and I think that would have taken a lot of the hassle and the insecurities and the the refusals from different the different tax authorities off the table because mm-hmm. as soon as somebody does it for 20 people a day then they probably know what they're doing and mm-hmm. how to make 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 things happen and yeah just take way more time yeah because it's always harder if you have to you know backtrack your steps and then yeah. you know <laughs> exactly. pay back stuff it's nicer to know in yeah. beforehand um how how you're supposed to do it and then try yeah. and follow it as much as you can anyway yeah exactly mm-hmm. yeah that's uh yeah it's always better to know beforehand but you know hindsight's 2020 of course so, yeah um now you can share your nuggets of wisdom yeah. with everyone and yeah and what i also probably would have done is i don't i don't know if there's in there must be a international companies that just have locations in more than one country then look for something like that that you have the same co- company in different countries that you can go like hey i was with your dutch branch and they told me this uh, helped me and then mm-hmm. they sort of know you in their own systems <laughs> so working for international companies yeah. who have a lot of locations is, yeah. a, is a tip okay no no not working for yeah i mean that's also easier if they are if you're work for a company that's already in multiple countries then you don't have to actually go through this whole process because they have there and then they just switch your contract around mm-hmm, probably yeah but uh yeah mm-hmm. yeah so but now you're all the wiser on double tax agreements and <laughs> and subsidiaries for companies yeah. and how how tax yeah. residencies work so you learned something for life i i, I did and this is true yeah. <laughs> it's uh I, I when i started i really thought how difficult can it be within europe i'm not the first person to work remotely right yeah especially uh, during covid especially during covid uh, especially i'm in it so especially in it people work remotely all the time how difficult can it be well it turns out it's very difficult <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but you're here now yeah. and um any last words of advice for anyone hmm no, I mean, despite all the hassle, I still really like it. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's all it's just a little thing that's nagging in the back of your mind once in a while. But besides that, Austria is great. Mm-hmm. So it, just go for it is my advice. <laughs> okay, so even though it's annoying, it's worth yeah. it in the yeah. end. And <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's good to know. And I mean, it all turned out, um, yeah, turned that's, out uh, fine. Would have been something if I would have been sent back. That's uh, <laughs> then I would not have said this. <laughs> but to be fair, the Netherlands aren't so far um, no, that's also true. away, so um, you could have you could Just have retried and, yeah, and that's come true. back and forth. So that's a country that's possible with. Yeah, it's, um, usually in the EU, a bit easier, I think, in general, to mm-hmm. go back to your home country and try and work it out. Yeah. What surprised me the most in your story, I think, is like that the companies just like the authorities just refused to yeah. to work with you on the. We, we uh, were post- also posting. Really surprised about that. Mm-hmm. Because it, it, we read 
the the, the double tax agreements. We read the uh, posting uh, mm-hmm. information from Austria, the, from the Netherlands, and everything that we read just uh, looked like okay, yeah. we can do this. We can just say this company is going to work there, and then I think yeah. that one of the things that caused that uh, to be an issue is that my company wanted to have me back on location for a few days and like a few days every every month or every two months mm-hmm. and that ca- counted as working in two countries and that mm-hmm. made everything more complex and that just made them say no we can't do this even though yeah like i said it mm-hmm. looked like we could do it mm-hmm. but even though you're spending the majority of yeah. your time and your actual residency in austria yeah mm-hmm. okay wow so yeah it's uh I'm still not 100% sure how you would do a posting. I would be very curious, just out of an interest perspective, how does one arrange this? But Mm -hmm. I'm not motivated enough to actually dive into it because I'm not going to do it anymore. (laughs) So maybe if there's there's somebody out there who has done this, um, message me um, the the email address. I'll say it in the end again. Um, And then help Maurice out. (laughs) Um, But yeah. Thank you so much for sharing your story. You're very welcome. (laughs) Thanks for listening. If you know someone or even are someone whose story needs to be told, please message me under immigration.stories.austria at gmail.com. You can also find the email address in the show notes. Immigration Stories Austria.